<laughs> you just said a load of words <laughs> the wrong way round. Albert. <laughs> spider's nest. What I've just done there is typical ADHD. <laughs> Sitting and talking about steroids, I go, oh, spider's nest. <laughs> so, guys, today's our first episode of our mental health podcast. Um, we're going to do a little introduction about ourselves. Uh, and why we started the podcast and what it means to us and uh, hopefully help as many people as we can. We've got a few questions that's already come through as well. So uh, yeah, so I'll start with myself. So my name's Matthew Riggs, um, 36. Um, basically suffer with mental health issues due to the size that you know, I was 27 and a half stone, drunk a bottle and a half of rum a day, um, at three to four takeaways every day. And basically my mental health was absolutely shot to bits. Um, it was only that my son came home from school and asked me, Dad, are you going to die? That I changed my life around, um, took a look at myself in the mirror and realised, you know, I needed to sort this out. So basically here we are, fast forward uh, three years on and I've lost 14 stone um, with one um, stage category um, transformation and just basically helping out as many people as we can. So over to you, Ed. Yeah, so I'm Ed Archer. Um, I've struggled with my mental health as well for years now. Um, probably even before the, than when I got diagnosed. Um, I struggled for a long time and then I, I kind of used drugs as a as a support. I was I was highly addicted to cocaine. I, I was using up to about 500 pounds worth of cocaine a day, um, which it got to a point it was ruining my life and not just my life, but family, friends, I was yeah I was a, I was a mess and it got to the point where I was going to die before before anything changed so for me getting better I, I started training at the gym and started to change my life around really just like you really didn't yeah, it? yeah the gym the gym has been yeah you know, massive massive mm. changed my life I mean just getting in there and getting it done is just just makes you feel so good when you get out of there and you know it's, there's no feeling like it to be honest with you it's definitely a game changer and if anyone's thinking about it definitely get on and get in the gym it's it's a lifesaver if anything um, so what would you say was your like you know your I don't know what made you what made you addicted What where did it all start with your addiction and stuff I think just <laughs> we've spoken about this so many times like it's, ge it's a genuine answer when I say it. I really don't know. Like, yeah. I just, I'm at that, like, I, I keep asking myself always, what was the trigger? What was, why did I get to that point? And I think it was just a, it was just a culmination of factors. You just, I don't know, you, you just, you get, you get sucked into a, an environment where, I don't know, things happen in your life. I, I split up with my ex-partner. It was a bad breakup, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, it just. But I mean, was it? Was it? Did it start social? Did it start in the pub, yeah. like socially having a few lines here and there, um, you know, calling on a gram here and there, and then all of a sudden you got addicted to it, and then it was a case you was doing it at home, you know, on your own, sitting in, yeah. the, you know, was it like that sort of thing? Yeah, it was that gradual decline. Like I think you, yeah, you, you're doing it with your mates, you're doing a couple of lines and stuff, then it gets onto a gram, and then you're doing it on a Saturday night. And then by the morning, you're then calling it in again. And then by, before you know it, it's Sunday afternoon and it's then it rolls into Monday. And it got to a point where I was I was going to work. But the, on my way to work, I was picking up from my dealer. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and using at work, luckily, luckily it's a stupid term, but I was working in sales. So to be on cocaine and working in sales, it... 
if anything, it, it helped me in my job, but that's the only thing it ever helped with. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, so, and then it got into the point where I was doing it at night on my own. And it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. Just the shit, really. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. I it's mean, crap. I mean, obviously, I've been in a situation, um, not not with drugs and stuff, but I've been in a situation where I was couldn't wait to get home to get, you know, get a drink. And it started off, I'd literally come home and just pour myself like a straight, straight rum. Um, and then within sort of half an hour, I'd, be a, I'd get deep into a bottle within half an hour. And then you get that effects of feeling... You you're feel half it. cut by that point. Yeah, you yeah. can feel it. And then obviously you, you bring calling on takeaways. I mean, I won't call on drugs, but takeaways are just as bad, you know. Sitting there ordering like 24 chicken strips and... Cut the chicken burgers, you know, it's just... Once in a blue moon, that's all right, but when you're doing it yeah. every night... Yeah, I think I remember going through one summer in June and I I was ordering from this chicken shop every night. I was ordering 24 chicken strips, two chicken burgers, two large fries. Hopefully you were getting a discount. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm hoping. And it was just, you know, it was just real bad. Um, but obviously the McDonald's, I was addicted to McDonald's as well, getting that, you know, twice a day. Um, it's just... It's a, downward spiral especially when you drink as well because everything goes out the window drink was a, I was masking everything with a drink because if you feel feel shit you have a drink you feel great you know you feel on top of the world but then when you get back up all those problems that you've been trying to hide them are just there anyway they're, they're all back there in the morning so you're not actually getting away from it it's just more of a you're hiding from it yeah coping mechanism it's, but like you know as I said the gym has been the best coping mechanism for anything because it's, it's allowed me to get rid of all of those you it's know, just a different addiction, isn't it? Yeah, it's just um, swapped an addiction for a better addiction. And I think, I think, like, my wife always says, like, I can't believe you get up at silly o'clock every morning, go to the gym. And I think, for me, like, I'm on the diagnose, like, on my way to being diagnosed with ADHD as well. And I think that, that it is a factor in why I can stick to stuff. As long as there's a routine, I can do it day in, day out, to the extent I even eat the same meal every night yeah. because. It's healthy and I, I can eat it. I'm exactly the same. So yeah. so, yeah, like, I think I'd rather be addicted to the gym where it's actually helping me. And it's only ever benefited me, the gym. Like, I've made good friends. Like, we've we've known yeah, each yeah. other, what, six months? Yeah, yeah. And Crazy, isn't it? We, we've, you, you find friendships because more often than not, most people in the gym are there. Yeah. for self-improvement yeah they've all got their demons they've all got their reasons why they're there everyone's got something that they want to get rid of or whatever there's always that one reason why they're in the gym you know yeah and that, that's the thing like and the more you get to know people at the gym you get to find out about them and it's always the people it's the it's the people that you least expect that are the ones with the biggest demons and I think it, it comes back to that old term then it like don't judge a book by its cover yeah, 100%. and it's it's so right. Like you see people in there and I think it boils down to kind of when you go into a gym, especially the type of gym we go to, it's yeah, a yeah. very Yeah, it's a very it's a bodybuilder's gym. Yeah, of so it's a very intense type of gym and you get people in there that are huge and a lot of them aesthetically they look amazing. And I know like and I know you felt it when you first went into the gym. You were like well, I feel absolutely stupid. I'm 20-odd stone. And you got these people with 8, 10, 12 packs. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, I went to a barbecue yesterday and they said to me, oh, which gym do you train at? I said, oh, I ripped it. Oh, I won't go there. I said, why wouldn't you go there? Well, it's full of full of meatheads, full of roidheads. You know what I mean? It must be awful training there. I was like, no, it's the complete opposite. I said, what gym do you go to? Oh, I like going to a nice quiet gym. 
Um, and I was like, no, I said, trust me. When I first went to Rip, yeah, I was nervous. I was scared and anxious and whatnot, you know, because I had the same perception in my head. But as soon as I got through the door and, you know, where I was greeted mm. and when I went out, you know, then I trained. Actually, these people actually wanted to help me. They were they were like, oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you know, adjust your grip, adjust this. And they actually wanted to help. Mm. And then, you, you know, they're actually, most of them are gentle giants, to be fair. They've all got, the, you know, they're all there for a reason. And, you know, it's the, the atmosphere is another level. You yeah. Know? That's a, that's a, it, it's it's a community. It's a, it's like, it, it's really weird. Like, I'd, all, I'd always gone to commercial gyms, like the likes of Fitness First and places like that. And, yeah, they serve their purpose. And if you like going to those places, cool. Like, everyone's different and everyone can train in a specific environment that helps them. Cool. But I've found, like, especially at Rip Gym in Basildon, like, it's a fam- It's it feels like a family. Like, yeah. if people haven't seen you for a few days, you you will either get someone text you and say, you're all right, like, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, or or when you get when you come back after a few days, they'll go, oh, have you been all right? Like, where have you been? Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's, it's those times, it's those little personal things that makes you want to go back to the gym. And I think, yeah, it's, it's for us... It's I think been, we need that environment. Yes, it's definitely a game changer. I mean, because obviously, when I went, I was 27 and a half stone at my heaviest. Um, obviously, my son asked me, Dad, are you going to die? That was my turning point. So people always ask me, Matt, what was your turning point? I had someone message me this morning on Instagram, Matt, can I just ask you, what was your, you know, why did you wake up that morning and decide you was going to change? It. Yeah. And I said, well, I didn't wake up actually on that day and think to myself I was going to change it. It was unexpected, you know. My son come home, from school learning of the, about the body and he said to me dad are you going to die and now I lost my my dad when I was 11 um, and you know I know what that's like to lose a parent at a young age and I thought to myself I don't want my son to go through the same because the way I was going there's only one way I was ended up and that was in the graveyard I was literally but you know I said bottle of rum all these takeaways every day so he shook me up he, he, he and he took my son to shake me up I don't wouldn't have listened to anybody else my wife tried it you know my mum's tried it other family members have tried it but it was because my son said it to me and that just hit, changes it doesn't it just it's, hit it's different. different here just it? hit totally different yeah so you need to find a reason you know why you do it and you know like I say people say oh you must feel so much better now well I do uh, you know it is I feel a different person. I am a different person. My whole, everything's different about me. Not just the fact that I go to the gym and I've lost weight, but everything. Like the way I am with the kids, the way I am with my family, the way I am with my wife. It's just changed. I am a different person to what I used to be three, four years ago. It's, it's like they say, like, it's not an excuse, but at the same time, like when they say you have to want to change to start that change. Yeah. And I think like for me, like when, when I was at, in rehab and I got chucked out of rehab for using and that was after my parents had spent well six figures not a great start is it <laughs> if you're getting chucked out of rehab because and they're helping you get off something and you're getting chucked out for using it you don't want help but I think that was the that was one of the the, the start of the turning point I had some relapses but it was at the time I was in rehab when my parents had literally, they'd paid so much money to go away on this long, like two month, like holiday of a lifetime to like Australia and stuff. And I went into, I went into rehab, what, two days before they left. Yeah. And my auntie at the time went, you're going, I'll sort this. And when I got chucked out, when I literally, one of the cleaners <coughs> must have found about, grand's worth of cocaine in my room 
stupid that I just left it out on the side, but I, I, I'd already used quite a bit by that point. And they were chucked me out. The night before I got chucked out, I barricaded myself in the room and I had most of the emergency services at rehab. There's about 15 emergency services vehicles there trying to get me out of this room because I refused to leave. But I got chucked out and my parents washed their hands of me initially and they went, we do not want you in our house. We do not want to know you. Um, And because of my auntie having a spare key, she was like, you do not contact your parents, but I will let you stay there because there's nowhere else for you to stay. Um, and yeah, like I think f- for that, it's just I think you. So yes, because yeah, I think you need your parents to go. I don't want to know you, and that yeah, is a. It's yes, like it's yeah, like yeah. you're kicking kicking yeah. the nuts. Like, it's like yeah, it's disowning you, isn't it? It's um yeah, and the fact that you got told you're going to rehab and you didn't choose to do it is most probably the reason why you didn't actually want to do it, as you say, because you actually have to choose these things. I mean. It's like when, like my wife was. My wife actually booked me a, a PT trainer once for my birthday, and it caused a massive row because, oh, what do you think of me? You know, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, and everything else. But really, she was just looking out for me. She wanted me to get fit and healthy for the kids. Mm. But I saw it as you're not it telling was a me personal what, attack. Yeah, right? you're not telling me what to do. I I do what I want to do. Mm. You know, I'm my own person. Yeah. So if anyone's saying to you, you've got to lose weight, you got to do this. I mean, who are you to tell me? You know, you got to do it yourself. Yeah, it needs to come off your own back. I think. I think once you've decided this is going to happen I think then you're on the right road like I got to the point where I relapsed and I was in that much debt with dealers that they were threatening to come and petrol bomb the house and I had a lot of people say just ignore them they won't do it I've I've witnessed horrific things that drug dealers do to get their money I've seen them squirt acid in people's faces blow up car I've, I've seen stuff happen and I, like I always said to people are you, are you, would you be willing to take that risk if you've seen a specific person do horrific things to people over a hundred quid are you willing to, to go against their poker face are you really yeah, yeah, is yeah. it worth it so <clears throat> my parents my parents have been brilliant like I've had a, an amazing support system I think that does help not everyone's lucky enough to have it but for me they they literally went, right we'll sort stuff out you're gonna have to move away all this sort of stuff as soon as i moved away <coughs> it's been brilliant yeah i've been clean ever since so what this year i'm i'm closing in on the end of the year i'm closing on five years That's clean it's amazing mate. It's and amazing. it's and it's it's amazing like you can it is amazing i mean my my support system network has been great as in like I like to fake my work as well because I had started a new job in 2018. My nan was ill. I lost my nan, and basically they were really good, you know, supporting me. I was obviously I was eating, drinking still at the time, but I saw a lot of positive things happening in my workplace as well. And obviously coming back, my son asking me them questions. Um, they supported me through the whole thing. My wife was, you know, she's been fantastic with the whole thing. My family, everyone supported me through it. But I don't think anyone actually thought that I was actually going to get to where I am today. I don't think anyone, you know, the success always feels better when people, you know, you feel like you're being doubted. You always, you know, you always feel... If you're proving your doubt is wrong, that is the biggest victory. Like, yeah. I've... We, we, we've both had it. Like, I've had it. I, it, it. It brings me no greater pleasure than sticking two fingers up at the people that doubted you the most. Yeah. And you say, I'm still... Yeah. <laughs> quite an Elton John song. I'm still standing. But, yeah. but I am. Like, yeah, yeah. And... 
and I, I love it. Like I love to be able to go, <laughs> I proved you wrong, and I'm going to continue to prove you wrong. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that gives you a little, spurs yeah. you on in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, I mean, first, like they say, first they laugh at you, and then they ask questions. So, and that's very true, because when I first started it, I had people laughing at me, like, oh, here he goes again, he's on another diet. Well, how many more diets are you going to go on, Rigsy? You know, another one, blah, 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 and then the next thing you know, you know, two years down the line, they're asking me, why did you do that? I mean, what food are you eating? I mean, how much you know, and you think to yourself, well, hang about, you was laughing at me two years ago, saying I wasn't going to do it, and now you're asking me how I did it. Yeah, exactly. Like, what side are you on? Yeah, so, that's, that's the thing, like, I think, but they, those are the type of people that you want to prove wrong, because that, People are always, I think to an extent it's human nature, isn't it? People yeah. want to, people want to take the piss. People want to laugh at you. But I was told from, by my dad, it was like, they're only laughing at you because they're insecure. It's their own insecurities and their own, their own life that is, has less meaning that yeah. people try and belittle you or doubt you. And unfortunately, we've both given people, a lot of people in our lives, reason to doubt us. No, yeah. And that it. and that's the thing, like yeah, that's it. And it's it's that it's so, that whole thing like most of our both of our family members once bitten, twice shy. Yeah, it's and, like a boy that cried <coughs> wolf sort of thing, yeah. And it does get to a point where they're like I'm bored of this. Yeah. Like I've lost relationships like with family, like my sister, she did don't want to know me because I, I was that much of an arsehole. Hopefully in time, maybe in the future, who knows, we can reconcile, but hey, like you've got to do what you need to do in your life. Like If you're sitting here just talking about, like thinking about, oh, what if, or I need them to be in my life. Like I've had friends where they've made out that they were trying to help me. Like when I was through my worst and in rehab, I've had friends go, Oh well, I didn't come and see you in in uh, rehab because I wanted to teach you a lesson. <laughs> what, well, what what lesson is that? The only lesson I have in my head is, well, you bailed on me yeah. when I needed you the most. You sat me off. Yeah. That it's a cop out. Like I know people that some of the people were the ones that introduced me to the, like cocaine in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Like before I'd got really bad, it was the people that introduced me and got it for me. And then, I, but I know now it's their own guilt. Yeah, it's more of a case he was out of sight, he was out of mind. They weren't really bothered. So yeah, they didn't want to. To be fair, you don't really need people like that in your life that's gonna that have got you hooked on. No, in. that's the thing. Like they sit there. I've had people and they sit there and go, "Well, I didn't come to see you in rehab because you needed to realise that we were there for you and you fucked us over and all this sort of stuff." And I was like, "No, when when you're in that point, and I know now." You just need someone to put their arm around you. Go, it's going to be all right, mate. Come on, we yeah. got this. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't expecting people to come around and go, right? How much debt have you got? I'll pay that off for you. I'll get you a house. Yeah. That that doesn't matter. No. It literally you just want the moral support of it. You just all, need yeah. someone, someone to come around, like sit with you in the garden. Go, you're right. We got this. Come on, me and you, we'll get through this together. Yeah. And I think yeah, that costs nothing as well. No, I see. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> But hey, um, did we have some questions come over? Because I've seen a few questions come over. Right, we got some questions. Um, the first question actually is for Matt, and they ask if do you think people can be lazy with their health. Do you think people can be lazy with their health? Um, yes, definitely. Um, I think that um, people can be lazy because basically I've seen it in my own eyes. You know since I started coaching people as well, you see that they, they're all good for, you know, a couple of days and then all of a sudden it just disintegrates downhill fast. Um, you get every excuse under the sun. Um, 
I've work, been working long hours or I've you know got up late or my alarm that go off I've got a headache or my foot's hurting my knees hurting but then you see them same people on the Instagram you know at parties and at events and you think well your leg's not hurting now you haven't got a headache now you you know so I know that they're being lazy and I know that they're you know they don't put their health first because you can have the best of both worlds you know you can balance it and if you stick to the gym and stay in you know you can make it, make it a lot better. But there is a lot of lazy people out there that don't want to do it and they just want to make excuses. Um, it comes so yeah. back to that thing though, doesn't it? If you want to help yourself, you want to, you want to have it. You have to be able to, yeah, exactly. You, you, you have to want it. There's no point in signing up with a coach and say, you know, I want to do this because if you don't really want to do it, you're not going to do it because the coach ain't going to do it for you. The only person that's going to do it is yourself. So yeah. to answer that one, mate, yeah, definitely people are definitely lazy with their, you know, with their health. Well, we have another question still for Matt. Do you have an advice for people who feel anxious going to the gym because they don't have a nice body? Uh, people that are anxious going to the gym. Um, I'd say just get in there. Um, get in the gym. You know, if you've got to put your headphones on, put your headphones on. <coughs> so yeah. It does sound harsh, but no one cares what you're doing in the gym. No. Like, no one's actually looking at you. No one, if anything, they're, they're, if they are looking... They're looking to see if you're doing it right. So, if, especially in the gym where you go to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to see if you're doing it so right, so you're not going to hurt yourself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just get in there, get it done. I mean, no one really cares. As, as you said, no one really cares about what you're doing in the gym. The fact that you're in the gym is is the best, you know, is the best step forward. So, just get in there, get it done, get your headphones on if you have to, and you know, do the best you can. But no one really cares. Right. Anyone that anyone that's taking the mic out of another, like out of another person in the gym is stupid. Like that. You could be 50 stone. If that person's in the gym and walking really slowly on a treadmill, they're doing more than the person at 50 stone sitting on their backside in their sofa, on their sofa. Yeah, of course. Like, you have to give people their kudos. Like, we've all started somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, as they say, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So that first step forward that's gonna you know, change, your, you know, change your life. And usually the eldest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have a question for both now, actually. And how are you feeling with your mental health right now? Oh, mental health right There's now. There's one. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, yeah, doing doing stuff like this, I think, is helps us. I think we're we're those type of people. We wanna we wanna help people, don't we? We wanna we wanna give back, but. We have our tough t- tough times, like of course. <laughs> it's great to talk. I think talking is one of the best things you can do. Yeah. Rather than bottle everything up and just talk. I mean, I'd say now I'm much in the best place I've been for a long time. Um, with my family, life, um, with my kids, um, just my actual physical health as well as my mental health. Um, they tie in. They tie in so importantly. Like yeah. you, you can't have a decent one decent one without the other. No. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely am in the best best position now mm. with my my mental health of course there's days where you feel feel down I think that's just part of being human you know there's days where you don't feel as as great as you did the day before because one day you can be on top of the world and the next day you, depends on what's going on in your life at the time you know life is a roller coaster at the end of the day you can't have the ups without the downs you know what I mean exactly well, that, that's the thing like I think recently like for me I've had some <laughs> I think the world is against me at some points. Like it just feels like I'm getting a swift kick in the knackers every ten minutes. Like with family stuff. Like and now <laughs> even me dog like ain't well. Bless her. And, and I think for me like this week's take I've taken it quite hard. Like because my dog like Bella, she stopped me from taking my own life. 
you know, it's, it's saying more than just a dog. You know like I mean? pe- people have said to me, oh, like obviously, like dog are part of your family, like they're literally one of your children. I was like, yeah, but if it weren't for her smashing that bottle of vodka, I'd be dead. Like my kids wouldn't have a dad. That's and it's weird. Like dogs are intuitive, and I'm I'm forever grateful for my for my dog and the fact that she's sitting in a in a vet's highly unwell and there's nothing I can do about it like she protected me at my lowest yeah and then now I just feel crap because I can't do the same and it's but yeah like <laughs> so I'm doing great yeah. <laughs> right guys thanks for tuning in to our podcast join us again next time when we'll be joined by another great guest also I want to say a special thanks to Imageworks for our graphic design and our banner don't forget to like and subscribe because this will enable us to get our message across to you guys <laughs>